is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Welcome back to the case studies. I'm here with Jan Roos, legal marketing expert. And we're going to be looking at how he can change his money thermostat in his business and break through a ceiling he's had of only making $15,000 a month in it. No matter what he does, he just cannot break through that ceiling. Self-sabotage comes up and he drops back down. Um, very clever of your subconscious mind there, Jan. <laughs> and we all, many of us have. Yeah, many of us have the same thing. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to look at how he's combined using what would it take with his getting things done weekly review and also how he cues off a bad business mood to do TLC to the Light Connect to clear it out instantly. And also, you know, he's also looking at adding TLC to his morning routine. We'll look at that a bit. And the other thing Jan's been doing from the book is cord cutting the energy vampires in his life and business. And he's going to tell us about the exciting results he's had with that. So welcome, Jan. Thanks, Michael. So tell us, let's just start off with the, you said you combined what would it take with your getting things done review? And I know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs use getting things done as their way to get their tasks organized. How, how did you do that? Yeah, so I've actually been, uh, I mean, following you on, on the Dynamite Circle, or the forum that we're both a member of for, for quite some time. And uh, I've always saw you come up with these very insightful what would it takes questions. So um, the way that I've been working into my, uh, I have a weekly review that I do with getting things done, which should be pretty familiar to anyone who's using it. But um, after I do all my analysis and I go through all my actions for the past week and kind of see what the 80-20 is, um, I like to uh, use what would it take to kind of allow my subconscious to have suggestions for what's, uh, you know, what, what would it take to solve the problems that I have. So usually uh, I'm doing my review and I, I kind of leave that to the end after I've really parsed everything. Um, I just kind of sit on it for a while. And I like to, uh, I like to do this on a Sunday afternoon when I have some time. And I've gotten some pretty good insights, which, uh, you know, actually has, has, has gotten me to the position, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into this. Uh, some of the insights that allowed me to um, get myself out of my current situation, which is uh, below, below the thermostat. But uh, yeah, a good, a good part of that was, was due to what it would take and questions I was asking myself. And what's an example of one of these what would it takes that gave you new actions to do? So um, actually, not too long ago, uh, this was kind of coincided with my tax bill. Uh, I had an opportunity to get into the affiliate marketing world, which is science. Uh, but I really didn't want to because there's a lot of unscrupulous business practices that I wanted to avoid being involved with in any way. So the question that I was dealing with, uh, and this was, uh, it was posed to me by uh, a member of my mastermind, but something that I did a lot of meditation on myself was, what would it take to get the results that you would expect from doing affiliate marketing without having to change anything in your current business model? So could you make that kind of money based on what you're already doing for clients today? Because it's, you know, a lot of the time I kind of, uh, I'm a victim of shiny object syndrome a lot of times. And, um, you know, I probably saved myself a lot of pain and suffering from, uh, you know, not going, uh, starting from zero again and really just uh, focusing on to what was already working. Wow, that, that sounds really cool thing. So basically, you're getting things done in review. You're listing out all of the tasks and open loops you have in your business. And then when you see a problem, you're using what would it take to solve it. But you're not just asking to solve it with what would it take. You're, you're asking to solve it in a particular way. 
Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's more open ended because I, I want I, I, I kind of have uh, you know, a couple questions that lead to the question, the main question that I'm going to ask. I mean, I'm a big, um, you know, one thing sort of guy. So if I think, you know, what's what's the big problem that's stopping me from getting where I want in my business? That's usually what I, what I meditate on for what would it take. Love it. So let's move on. You, you've been using the TLC to the Light Connect. Uh, tell, tell the folks listening how you're using that. Yeah, so at this time, uh, I mean, I, I've, uh, I read Intuitive Business Mastery about, uh, like about a few months ago. I, was, I think I, I started it, uh, I finished it yeah, about a month ago. So I started working the TLC technique, and when I was having these, these bad moods, um, I don't really get too angry. Uh, when my mind spins off, it's usually to a place of um, frustration and slash or anxiety. So the first time I ended up using it, I was I was just super anxious. I was uh, I was on a, a, a trip back home, and all uh, I, all I could really do was meditate. I was just kind of like really beside myself, um, and that was the first time I used TLC, and um, it really ha- helped me get out of that negative headspace, which would have just made for an absolutely miserable uh, overland travel. So uh, after I did that, I was I was a totally a believer. So when I've gotten into situations where I'm um, like it's mostly reactive at this point, but um, when, when things put me off, uh, off balance and I need to, I mean, I don't have time to, to not be or just, you know, give up the rest of the day to being in a bad mood. So I, I use TLC at that time, uh, just center myself, you know, sometimes it only takes 30 seconds or, or a minute, but, um, it, you know, I'm, I'm always left in a better mood afterwards. That's great. And then you, you, you mentioned to me earlier, before we started recording the case study, you, you were thinking now of expanding your use of TLC proactively tell us a bit more about that what you want to do there right so i've been uh, i've been i've had a meditation practice for for quite some time um i have experimented with visualization and i've kind of gone back and forth currently i'm not but i think um you know based on the results that i've gotten from using it reactively i definitely think it's something i want to incorporate into my daily meditation practice and i'm excited to see where where, where things go with the results of that so the idea there would be you'd proactively head off bad business moods that zap your productivity before they even happened. Yeah, that's what I hope for. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> so what would it take to have, have this morning TLC practice where you spend 30 seconds or a minute TLCing? You know what? I think what it would take would be for me to get it on my coach.me uh, to-do list, which I can do. I'll, I'll do it sometime later. But um, <laughs> I can do it tomorrow. There's nothing stopping me. Cool. And that is wonderful. And you can do TL. I mean, it's great to do TLC as part of a meditation practice where it's real quiet. But for people watching, you know, if you have a, a you're driving every day or you're, you take a shower or, you know, there are many places you could put TLC into your life and just have it become a habit. So, um, and I love how you're doing it. You know, when you're having, when you notice you're having a bad mood, you're feeling low energy, you just do it anyway. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's uh, a lot of my, uh, my, my, med- my meditation practice actually came from being in a negative space. I was just, I mean, I started, I started a lot of the good habits I have have been as a result of being in low places, which is hopefully something we can work on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you mentioned you've been doing cord cutting with the energy vampires in your life and business. Um, tell us your experience with that. Right. So one of my tendencies, uh, I have a really bad habit of ruminating on uh, just 
different relationships in my life. Some of them are business, some of them are personal. Um, but it's usually right before I go to bed. So it's uh, I'm just usually I'm lying in bed. Uh, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not totally exhausted from the day, sometimes my mind will just you know get caught up in these these loops where it's you know um, I, I start thinking about things, and you know, there's just a million and one ways your imagination can you know, just take a situation that might not be optimal. I mean, sometimes I'm, you know, imagining conversations that will never happen. Sometimes I'm imagining things I could have said in conversations that did happen. Uh, and there's really no end to, you know, how much sleep I can lose from doing that. So uh, ever since, you know, so I've been, no, I've been starting to do the cord cutting when I do that. And um, it's really helped me get back to sleep. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm saving sleep from doing that. And the other thing I've been doing is, you know, I am doing a fair amount of sales. Uh, so sometimes, uh, you know, if I have a block of five or six calls in an afternoon and I have one that's just really rotten for one reason or another, I'll, I'll always cord cut then so I don't take that negative energy into my next interaction. I love that. And does that help you have a better sales call for the next call or? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like, uh, it's, it's, it's very subtle, but, uh, like I, I notice when I'm, when I'm off for whatever reason, it, it, uh, it ends up manifesting in different ways. It's it's kind of like when I, I need to be a hundred percent. If I'm if I'm one hundred percent, I you know I can see around corners. I can you know I can come up with the injection handling when it happens. But it's like you know if I, if I'm off even a little bit, uh, you just find more problems start to show up, and you're less able to deal with them. So I like to minimize mm. that wherever possible. I I love that application of cord cutting um, to improve your sales calls. Uh, that's a great tip, and that puts money straight into your pocket. So. Yeah, straight ROI. <laughs> yeah, and then you, what have you noticed? You know, how many energy vampires do you feel you had in your life before you started a regular cord cutting practice? Well, it's it's kind of challenging. So the thing is, you know, I've had a, I have a lot of flexibility in who I've allowed into my life for a while, um, and a lot of the times, it's it's less that I have people that I would describe as overt energy vampires and it's it's kind of more um what I've been um what I've been kind of layering on to the relationship itself so it's it's um that being said it's like with the sales with the sales calls I can tell there's some people that are like that so I mean that's that's kind of just in and out showing up and never getting it um but mostly like you know the, the, my friends families and personal relationships I've uh, it's it's been more about taking out negative elements of the relationship than um, severing the relationship entirely. But that's the thing. I mean, in the book, you, you mentioned, you know, there's, you know, if, if you're visualizing uh, golden threads and and less, you know, the, the negative threads, you, I, I'm usually visualizing and cutting part of those negative threads, not the entire thing. Yeah, you keep the love connections you have with friends and family and you cut any energy drains that you have with them. Yeah, and yeah. You, he you heal where that attached to you. You know, how did you allow that energy drain to continue uh, running for years or months or however long it's been going? And if you feel like it, you could heal it on their end too. So they don't, you know, have that pattern where they attach to you uh, again either. That's very so, interesting. I never thought of that. We'll have to touch base on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's good to just cut them, right? But if you, mm. if you only cut them, they have a tendency to reattach. Right. If you haven't, yeah. if it's like you've got a hole in your body that's like a an open energy wound that just mm -hmm. attracts their kind of energy cord to come and hook into it. It's like an electric socket, you might think. And right. if you heal it, you're removing that 
energy socket from your body so people can't plug into you and suck your energy through it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, an example of that might be maybe you have, you know, someone might have bad boundaries uh, around lending money to people maybe or, or, or saying, unable to say no when someone asks them for help, even if it's not appropriate for them. So if you heal that wound, you know, you just won't, you won't be affected if, if people come to you with those particular energy drains. Yeah. And, and what I find is you, I just attract them less. Yeah. You know, if, if I don't have that way for people to hook into me, they kind of subconsciously pick up on that and they don't even try to drain my energy that way. Or, or another common energy drain is complaining. You know, if, if I have a kind of, you know, I listen to complainers and encourage them to complain and gossip with them, that's a socket I have in my energy system to accept that kind of energy drain. And if I, if I don't have that in my energy system, you know, if I'm not into listening to complainers, you know, I'm just not going to attract them into my life. Yeah. Or if one turns up, they're not going to be able to hook in. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, going to certainly have to work on that. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, great stuff. I am so glad you read the book and that you're getting uh, positive ROI from playing with the tools. So, um, mm-hmm. congratulations on that. So, let, let's get to the main feature of this case study, which is uh, we're going to shift your money thermostat. And let's just explain that concept to folks who haven't uh, come across it before. So just like with a house thermostat where you might set a minimum temperature of, you know, 60 degrees and maximum of 80. And if it's cold that day, you know, and it's going below 60, the heat, the thermostat tells the heater to turn on on and pump up the temperature. And if it's getting too hot and it's going above 80 degrees, it turns on the air conditioner and cools it down. So that would be a regular thermostat. Now, the thing is we, in our businesses, we have a money thermostat and in your case, it sounds like your upper limit has been $15,000. And when your business is really doing well, and it looks like you're going to break through that $15,000 barrier, you somehow pull a rabbit out of a hat and come up with, with some self-sabotage and, and bring the income back down again, either by losing some customers or creating extra expenses or doing something else interesting in your reality to make sure you don't get above that level of comfort. So this is self-sabotage. You know, it's at a subconscious level and it's not like you're consciously planning this, right? Thermostats are kind of automatic. And then at the lower level, in your case, you said you had, you think your lower level is about $5,000 a month of income. If your income goes below that, you suddenly like start to hustle and turn up the heat and like, get creative and use what would it take and just call in old debts and call all your old customers, try and hustle up business and do clever new marketing methods and and get the income back up because you're uncomfortable going below that level. Mm -hmm. And it's very common that businesses bounce around between those two levels of the thermostat and it it can get frustrating after a while. Yeah. Um, Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, tell us about, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, to, to that, um, to riff on that a little bit, it's, it's funny because it's like I, I've had income goals. Uh, I don't think fundamentally too much has changed in the process I've been using to acquire clients since I started the business two years ago. 
And I remember by the end of that first year, I had a I had a, a, a monthly recurring revenue goal of, of $20,000 that I was looking to hit by the end of the year. And it was a goal that I kept putting for myself every quarter um, in 2016. And now it's 2017. And the thing is, you know, a lot has happened. I've, you know, I've, we've moved through a lot of iterations of the business, but um, it's, it's frustrating because I feel on some level, it's, it's as if I haven't really had anything to show for uh, the past two years of being in this business. Uh, I mean, obviously a lot has happened, but on some level, it's like, you know, I haven't really broken through progress from an income perspective. Yeah. And, and this can go on for years, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, you mentioned earlier, you, you'd been working, you know, your business was doing good and then some unexpected problems. I say unexpected because, you know, yeah. the subconscious kind of helped create them. Um, so, you know, what, what happened, you, you help lawyers generate leads. What, what happened that zapped your income down? Right. So I got to the point. So this is, this is when I was coasting on the high end of the thermostat. So I had a, I had a really big rush at the beginning of uh, summer of 2016. So I, I had a, a lot of stuff that I was doing. I was doing the right things to get to the point where I could break through, including hiring an account manager, which is a big move for me because I was going basically from a consultant to you know more of a company with a, you know with defined service delivering. So I was putting a ton of work that summer. I was hustling up some good clients. I was probably getting up to, you know, uh, I think I think my best month that summer was right around the 15k mark. And then I had this. Um, well, it was actually the, the, the Dynamite Circle Bangkok event. So I had been preparing for uh, being absent for that month, but uh, going through and having all that freedom was, was actually uh, pretty intoxicating. And I, I do mean that in some, some ways, literally, because I was doing a lot of, uh, a lot of drinking. Uh, I was, you know, I was, I was partying a lot. I, I was getting work done, but it was, it was pretty minimal. So that kind of started um i was having a really hard time closing new clients uh because of the time difference i was in southeast asia and all my clients are in the us so i wasn't closing new business and my account manager who was actually doing really really well at the time that i left uh started slipping because i wasn't really providing her the guidance and the way that i was rationalizing to myself was I, you know, I wanted to have uh, her be, you know, I wanted this to be like anti-fragile. I wanted her to learn from these mistakes and get to the point where she could handle things without me. Um, and I was also trying not to be a micromanager, but the reality was I should have been a lot more proactive on that. So fast forward a couple of months to let's call it. Yeah. Like, I mean, basically it was, it was you know, February, March of, of this year. So I haven't signed any new clients since. Uh, I mean, I think I signed the last client in the airport in Taipei on the day that I was flying into uh, to, to Bangkok. Uh, and then wow. I hadn't really been adding more business, Well, which was, I thought that was, you know, hey, this is life now. <laughs> this is how, <laughs> how I do things. But uh, in reality, no, it was, uh, you know, I was kind of just coasting off the fumes from efforts I had done before. Uh, but basically, I, uh, I hadn't been signing new clients and I'd been seeing some attrition of other clients. So I ended up, um, I had a client who was, uh, to be frank, uh, you probably described this guy as energy vampire. So I was happy to let him go, but that was contingent on the rest of my client base standing pretty still. So I had two unexpected client losses that happened in March, which took me below that 5k level. 
So I was uh, at that point really like I was I was facing some some challenges. I mean, it was just you know I, I kind of took a hard look. I was like, well, damn, like you know I'm gonna have to be living off of credit cards at this point. Like it's not you know I had you know it's it's, it's barely covering my expenses for for living and running the business. So it's no longer an option for me not to make this money. Like so I started uh, and then well this is when the inspiration came in. So I ended up uh, figuring out which to date has been the most successful lead generation strategy I've had for my own business. Um, I've been generating dozens of appointments when it would uh, usually take me months to, to go through that. And I'm, I'm, and some days I'm wow. going through, yeah. So I'm going through in some days more, uh, more sales calls than I, I've had in, you know, weeks or even months prior. So that, that uh, you know, that, that was, that, that kind of came out of that, 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 what would it take visualization actually got to mention it. But, um, at this point I, you know, I, I am hustling, but the question is, uh, you know, what's stopping me from. If, if I can get the success, what's, what's stopping this from being a sprint that I just post off for another six or 12 months? Because mm-hmm. if the business is 100% of the place where I can do that, I just don't want to let it happen again. Right. That, that makes total sense because it's, it's frustrating. You, you had the business running smoothly and then you yeah. were going to, maybe you could have broken through this upper level on your thermostat and then all that stuff got created by your subconscious. <laughs> right. So, well, are you ready to move your thermostats? So ready. Yeah. And you've got some water handy. So when we shift to this energy, you can stay hydrated. Oh. Yes, sir. All right. Excellent. So let's just make sure we're connected to the light. So just take your energy up a few thousand miles connect to the truth, light, and love of your higher self and bring that down through the top of your head, through your throat, through your shoulders, chest, stomach, abdomen, hips, legs, feet, and go down, down, down to the center of the earth and connect to the energy of Mother Earth, unconditional love, and acceptance and freedom and support and bring that up through your feet, your legs, your hips, your abdomen, stomach, chest, throat, head, and top of your head. So now you have light coming from above and below. And now expand the light at your heart out as big as the room you're in, as big as the building, as big as the city, as big as the country, as big as the planet, as big as the solar system, as big as the galaxy, and as big as the universe. So that's the TLC process. And if people watching don't know how to do that, there's a video on our website, uh, intuitiveleadership.com slash TLC. Okay, so what would it take for your minimum to go from 5k to 6k a month well i'm trying to think i have i have some things i mean it, it's it's that number is kind of determined by necessity at this point um, or at mm-hmm. least i'm perceiving it as that so what it would take to, to bring in that, I guess the, the most obvious answer would be to put myself in a position where I couldn't make less than six k. Mm. 
So if you signed up from a, a loan shark and the mafia and they would come around and shoot your kneecaps if you didn't make 6K, you'd be really motivated. But maybe that's not the best approach. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> what would it take to have a higher minimum? Um, minimum set of needs. Well, I guess another thing too is, is, uh, I guess having something that I could, I could profitably put it into because sometimes I feel like if I have, uh, this extra income, it's just not really being employed, like effectively. Mm. I have kind of a recurring theme where it's, you know, the, what it takes to level up. Um, I feel like I'm kind of caught in the, uh, in the mid range between something that's you know, fully autonomous and scalable. Like a goal I've had for a long time is to have uh, an SDR or like a, and eventually getting a sales team. Um, but, you know, building that from the ground up is kind of, it's, it's, uh, it seems kind of always out of reach. So it's, it's getting, I guess, to, to move from 5K to 6K, it would be great to have something, um, I guess, a, a little bit more incremental than, uh, than anything that I see right now. Um, two things that came to me when I, when I asked that, what would it take to get from 5K to 6K? One is, have you come across the concept of paying yourself first? I have not. Where you... So that means before you start paying all the, you know, other expenses you have, you make a payment into yourself, you know, maybe to a savings account. Mm-hmm. So right off the top, you put a thousand dollars into a savings account and that's not there to pay all the other expenses. Right. It's a technique people use when they're trying to save more and cut down on their expenses. You know, if you're used to spending a certain money, a personal amount of money yourself, right and you, mm-hmm. you're trying to make the the month stretch to the to the the income yeah if you've already paid yourself a certain say 10 percent of your your income into a savings account then you you do juggling to make everything else fit into the money available but if you do it the other way around and you just hope that at the end of the month there'll be some spare money left over as opposed to some spare months left over for the money you have you, you're never going to save yeah. So if in your business you said, hey, I'm going to put about away a certain amount of money for, for whatever purpose you're going to use it for, then that becomes a, a new, ex, you know, quotes, expense that you need to, to have. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I've honestly never, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the term, but it's not something I've ever seriously considered. Um, just because it's it's always it's so easy to get in this pattern of, of fighting fires and you know get to the point where at the end of the month you're like oh damn what what bill can I push so that's, that's probably yeah. more proactive yeah so the other thing that uh, came to me is I know for myself I'm not always a hundred percent clear about exactly what expenses I have and sometimes like a tax bill comes due that I'd forgotten about or some other irregular expense or or something has to be repaired and I hadn't allowed for that. So I, I'm just wondering if also when you say it's 5K, is it really 5K or is it 5.5K or is it some other number that that is your minimum necessary amount? 
Well, that's a, that's a really good question. So if you count, uh, I have a goal this year to just completely eliminate, um, any debts that I've picked up and, you know, there's, there's quite a bit. And realistically, if I, if I, if I want to get this handled by, you know, I would say by the end of the year, I should, I should probably be closer to 10. How much closer to 10? Uh, ideally after, (laughs) but I mean, that's the other thing too. I've kind of, um, when I've been thinking about it, um, I think really it's, it's, if I could get, uh, you know, I could kind of, I could wipe everything off in a quarter easily if, uh, if I were, if I were at 20, um, that's kind of, which is, you know, going back to that old goal, which I've, I've had for myself, but not really believed in, but you know, maybe that's, this is the point at mm-hmm. which, you know, I have well, to, well, we'll, we'll get to, bu- to bump up your maximum, but let's get the minimum up first. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that's going to give you a more comfortable ride. You know, it's like if you're driving your car and you let the gas go down to the minimum, right? Have you ever, were you ever a student or you had your first car and you couldn't really afford the gas, but you drive until it got right down to the minimum. And then sometimes you'd run out of gas and it'd be really awkward. Yeah. I don't, or either you or your friends, maybe. I've never, I've never actually run out of gas, but uh, I've gotten pretty darn close. Yeah. Well, same thing with a business. If you run your business where you just let things get close to the edge before you hustle to find where the gas station is, it causes anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier if you raise the minimum up and you have some funds saved away in case of unexpected excitements. um, And you do energy work to remove unexpected excitements from your business life. You can always right. go to the movies to have excitements. You don't have to create excitement and drama in your business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess so, so the question of what, what the actual minimum is, it's like if I wanted to, uh, if, if I wanted to, I, I mean, I had a tax bill come in. Uh, I mean, it's actually April 18th. It's when it's due in the U.S. right now. Uh, I ended up filing for a six-month extension and my bill is around 10000 so mm-hmm. realistically, that's that's a, another what one and a half k per month if that's going to end up getting played out. So uh, yep. that kind of boosts that another one point five. Um, and I have some credit card uh, debt as well that I could probably need to get out of. That's you know it's probably another twenty five right there. So if I need to, uh, mm-hmm. if that's all going to get settled um, in the next let's say six months, so it's what thirty five. So that would be. Uh, you know, just about another, about another 6k is what I would need. So I guess the, the, the actual minimum to, to hit that was, is closer to 11k. Okay. Do you feel comfortable make, making a commitment that you're going to stash away tax estimated tax money into a savings account and you're going to make those debt payments every month? Well, this is the other thing that's not even estimated. That's, that's, you know, for 2016. Oh, um, that's definite. Yeah. So if, if I'm going to actually be taking that into consideration, it's got to be even more. Um, oh. And yeah, so uh, I mean, that's, that's also that I'm not even considering the tax I would have to pay on the amount that I'm making. So I mean, and it's, it's honestly, I, I know it's, I know it's, um, it's super wrong, but as a marketing guy, I'm always focused on the top line and it's, it's so easy to not actually know have that really scary uh spreadsheet calculation that you do it yourself and you know i you know most of the time rather just jump on another sales call um but it's it's something that i do have to really look into 
So what would it take for you to have a clear spreadsheet of your expenses? Um, you know, if I got that on my to-do list, I could probably have that done by this time tomorrow. Do you, you, do you want to get it done by first thing tomorrow? I would say by end of day tomorrow. But um, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's scary, but I really should. I mean, it's not, it's not going anywhere if I don't do it. Um, so I've heard you use the word scary twice in reference to a spreadsheet. It's just a set of numbers and data. I've yeah. never heard of someone being bitten on the ankle by a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess where the fear comes from is it's, it's, I'm trying to think it's, it's, I guess it's, uh, basing what, uh, what I've been avoided. It's, it's, it's avoid, it's avoiding a, a financial reality that, um, you know, I've been able to, to look past, but is, you know, not going to go away if I, if I don't look at it. So I guess it's, it's, it's fear of what's actually, what, what actually is the case. Okay. So let's clear that fear of financial reality from your life permanently. Are you up for doing that? Yes. So when you think about this scary spreadsheet and the, the financial reality and all the terrible things that might be in there, what do you notice in your body? Um, I feel a bit of a, I would say like a, a tightness around my chest, like probably, yeah, I'd say like a tightness around my, my heart. It kind of feels like I'm contracting a little bit. Um, that's, that's the predominant thing that I feel when, when, I, when I think about facing that. And what emotions do you notice? It's kind of just like a, like a, like a vague, and it's sort of like the same feeling of um, like standing near a, like standing near a cliff. You know, it's kind of an unease slash anxiety, but like more of an unease than an anxiety. So you might fall off, but you haven't fallen off yet. It's just you know, yeah. a, a kind of a, a lower grade anxiety. Yeah. Well, it's like kind of the anxiety when you know that there's no way that you would fall off unless you deliberately wanted to, but that still doesn't eliminate the, the chance in your mind. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question in a moment, and I just want you to come back with the first number that comes to your mind, just straight from your intuition that you yeah. don't need to think about it. You don't have to have an accurate memory of whatever the thing is. You don't have to know the number at all. You just, what's the first thing that comes into your mind from your intuition? Are you okay doing that? Yeah. What's so this feeling of chest tight, heart contracted, feeling like you're at the edge of the cliff, kind of a, an anxiety that's going on. What's the youngest age you felt the same way? I'm going to say, I'm going to say six. Okay. Who was that with? Uh, <laughs> this is really funny. I was, uh, I think it was, it was like, um, it was in school. I had a, my teacher was out. I'm, I'm thinking of this really specific time. It was like, uh, I had this, this teacher, my teacher was out. There was somebody who was substituting. It was this teacher I thought was super mean. And I forgot what I did, but it was, definitely wasn't good. And she was, uh, she was telling me I was going to be in trouble and I was just throwing a fit, being a, being a punk. Okay. So let's just make sure you're still connected to light right now. Just take your consciousness up, take it down, bring it up, expand your heart out as big as the universe. 
And now I want you to see your TLCing the six-year-old version of yourself who was having this experience with the mean substitute teacher and was going to get into trouble. Okay. And send light and love to him to clear this pattern that you've been recreating ever since you've had that. Because I'm assuming this feeling of low-level anxiety, heart contraction stuff is not unusual for you. Um, I mean, the thing is I avoid it a lot. <laughs> right but it keeps turning yeah. up it, the pattern keeps turning up in your life yeah yeah so let's clear this out once okay. and for all so you don't keep reattracting it i have a question so keep sending you. can this... you hold the can you hold the question till after we've cleared oh, it and then really? we'll answer the question is that okay it was about the clearing though oh okay yeah is this version of myself inside of me or outside of me doesn't matter. I mean, I think it's easier to deal with them outside. Okay. Whatever works for you. All right. You're sending light back in time from above and below to the six-year-old version of yourself. I mean, you could imagine a timeline that passes through you, and in front of you, there's all the younger versions, and behind you is all the older versions. But however, whatever works for you. Okay. So, and let's send TLC light to all the intermediate ages where you recreated the same pattern. Okay. All right. Okay. And let's also send light to the mother side of your family. So everywhere your mother had the same pattern in her life. And all her ancestors. How many levels of ancestors on her side had this pattern? What's the first number that comes to your head? I'll say four. Okay, so let's clear all of those. See light going into them, clearing their pattern. And let's clear everything on your father's side, wherever he had this. How many ancestors on his side had this same pattern? I was thinking six. Okay, let's send light to all those six folks. Whether they're alive or dead, their spirits still had this pattern and they've been passing it down the generations until it got, got to you. But now you've got conscious and you've got the opportunity to kill it. Okay. Okay, and then any past lives, how many past lives did you have this pattern in? Three to four. Three to four, let's send love and light to all of those. And let's send love and light to any versions of yourself in any dimensions past life ancestors where you were on the opposite side of this pattern and you were the mean person invoking anxiety in someone else okay okay so now contemplate 
by the end of tomorrow that you have a, a clear spreadsheet of your expenses. What do you feel about that now? It feels better. I mean, I definitely feel like um, that that sort of tightness has been removed, and it was. It's getting. It's every subsequent TLC we've done has, has made it a little a little easier. Cool. So if you think about the original pattern you had, and let's imagine that was at 100% strength, how much of it is left now? What percent number comes to your mind? Two. Two percent? What would it take to make it one percent? I guess just, yeah, I, you know, I'd, I'd probably like to meditate on this. I, I mean, I'm sort of breathing in and it's feeling better now, but uh, mm -hmm. I could probably do that on, on my own time. Okay, and I, the message I got was drink some water. So. <laughs> I actually was thinking that too, but I you were. I meant okay. to though. <laughs> well, go. I'll pause the recording. You can go okay. fill up. All right, great to do that. So I'm glad you got some water. It's funny how we both had that thought at the same time. I'm sure it was a little intuitive nudge. And yeah. whenever you're clearing energy, it's good to have plenty of water. It's amazing how much water our bodies can go through when we're doing this kind of work, and it doesn't seem to. I don't know where it goes, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can drink pints of water and it doesn't seem to come out the other end, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that's interesting for me is that if I, you know, I may have had normal colored pee or light colored pee, mm. uh, and then I do energy work and all this dark stuff comes out of my pee. And it's like, interesting. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I guess I had stuff physically in my body that my body's now able to release. And, and that happens after massage. If you've ever had a deep tissue massage, it's often the case that stuff comes out in the, in the pee. I never so, knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, check out, check it out. Anyway, so you, you're going to work later on clearing the final one or 2%. And you can just ask yourself how much percent is left of any pattern. That right. can help you see your progress and see what, and you can ask if, like we did, what would it take to get from 2% to 1%? or whatever percentages you're at because you may get other inspired ideas on what to do to clear it mm -hmm. and it may be just wait you know it might be just i need to wait 24 hours and sleep on it and it'll go away right um so your uh tell me about this expense spreadsheet you you you're gonna have it by when i think i'm gonna I'll, i'm gonna get this done by the end of day tomorrow so I think uh, if I really were to look at what I need to get to where I want to be, it's, the, the, that's going to probably change the, you know, the hard objective need for a certain income level. Um, mm -hmm. It's probably, you know, probably going to move it up uh, quite a few notches. But uh, yeah, I guess I just was always afraid to look at it. Yeah. So now you don't have that fear. It's easy to look at it. And you may add in, you may decide you want to pay yourself more. You may mm -hmm. decide you want a retirement fund. You may want a vacation fund. You know, you mm -hmm. may want a emergency repair fund built up. You know. Yeah. So, you know, when you start looking at this, you you may realize that your minimum needs is nowhere near five thousand a month. Mm -hmm. You may want to be able to hire better, you know, staff to work on your stuff. You may be able to want to afford better tools to make the business run more smoothly. Right. Maybe you want to hire someone who does some of the tasks that you've been doing mm -hmm. all these things usually take money yeah so the more conscious you get about what really your needs are and and this also ties into self-worth you know how much do you love yourself 
to have the business run smoothly and, and not run out of gas halfway through the year. Yeah, well, that's, that's a really good point, too, because it's like I feel like I've kind of been on a negative um, trajectory with self-worth. Like when I kind of when I started, um, well, no, I was I was, I was yeah, I was, it was, it was in the story. I was, you know, I was closing that deal in the Taipei airport. Uh, I was like, yeah, this is totally this is totally what I deserve. Like, you know, I, I've, I've worked really hard to build this business and, you know, I can afford to take this vacation. But as the month ended up turning into more months, I started feeling like a little bit guilty. It was just like, well, I don't know if I really deserve to, to be location independent and go on these fun trips and do all this fun stuff. Um, and I guess, yeah, that, that might have just led to it having been taken away from me or from my own creation. That would be a great thing to clear so if you're, you know, where is your self-worth on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is your total shit and have no self-worth and 10 is your the Buddha and are totally happy with yourself? Um, yeah, I'd say it's like a seven or an eight. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with myself um, at the moment. So, it, though, let, yeah. so let's say it's a seven. What would it take to get it to an eight? Uh well, a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, I feel like I, I'm, I was on a downward trajectory basically from, you know, the time when I started uh, traveling to about, uh, well, it's right when I dip below the thermostat. And, and right now I'm feeling pretty good about myself, but it's, it's really related to uh, the work that I've been putting in. So I, um, I guess it would be, I mean, the, the success is, is definitely, uh, it definitely helps, but I'm a little reluctant to have that um, external metric, I guess. So I do feel better about myself when I'm working hard, which is flies totally in the face of a lot of stuff that I intellectually believe, like, you know, a lot of 80 20 stuff, the first thought, all that kind of thing. So I feel like I, I don't really accept myself as uh, an 80 20 guy. I feel better when I'm working a lot. So that would mean if the business was running smoothly and making more money than you're, you think you deserve, you'd figure out some way to do extra work. Yeah. Either have a crisis or figure out an extra project to create. Or... No, I totally agree with that. So let, let's just come back to this. What would it take to get your self-worth to an eight? Um... I hate to say it. So it's probably, it's probably the, it's, um, it's the external success, but also, um, I guess working on more scaled up stuff, which does take money. Um, I'd like to be doing, I like to be doing marketing activities as opposed to sales activities. And if I was doing that, I think I'd be at an eight. Okay. What would it take to get it to a nine? Uh, I would like, well, this is something that I've always had. It's, uh, you know, if, if I had automation to the point where I could invest in other businesses, that's, that's something that I would feel really good about. Mm -hmm. um, and what and would it take for you? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's all. And what would it take for your self-worth to be a 10 out of 10? So just trying to think in addition to that, um, I can't even imagine what ten hours would look like. To be honest, um, I guess if that was because it has been who, sort of business. Sorry. Who is a role role model you know, either personally or from books or imaginary characters who had a ten out of ten self worth? Um, 
they but, just you know, this feel is... good about themselves and they deserve to have what they have. It's kind of tough because I, I know like uh, there's, there's a lot of different archetypes for this. I mean, when you said like who's somebody that I think is a 10 out of 10, it's like, I would probably say Elon Musk, but I don't really know how he feels about himself. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of thing about people from books. I don't know. That would be like kind of more of like a Zorba the Greek character, but I don't think I would appreciate myself to be in that position. Um, so it's kind of a tough thing to answer. Well, that might be something to ponder to figure out who a role model or role models could be who you admire for having high self-worth and feeling good about themselves and they deserve the good stuff that happens to them. Mm-hmm. Cause there's kind of two and, parts. Yeah. The good mm-hmm. stuff and also the, the, the appreciating that. Cause I feel like a lot of the people who have a lot of good stuff happen to them have to go through a lot to get to it. Like Elon. Mm-hmm. And then the other people, so, yeah. I and mean, it's kind of the self-satisfied, but kind of, um, I guess, uh, not like, well, it's just, so it's like, yeah, having somebody who's a high achiever that also has that level of self-satisfaction, very rare. Or, mm-hmm. you know, not any that come to mind, at least. Well, I didn't mention high achiever. I just said high self-worth. That's a good point. I guess I sort of equate the two, though. Um, well, they often are connected, but self-worth means they value themselves they feel good about themselves they they deserve to have the good things that happen in their life they they may not be a multi-millionaire right right well put that on the back burner i i think yeah, I mean, you probably know that we, many people are the average of the five people they hang around with the most. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you can bump things up in your life, you know, if, if your friends are not high self-worth, right, you mm-hmm. can still have role models you put on your spiritual advisory board or you interact with them other ways, right? And then you, they become your virtual friends and role right. models. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, that's why a lot of people get value from reading biographies or, or seeing movies about people they admire and emulating their behavior. Right. But it, it sounds to me like you don't have good role models in your life for 10 out of 10 self-worth. Yeah. I thought of a couple since, since you were saying, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I guess two people have kind of fit the bill on those. One would be um, Richard Koch and... Mm-hmm. Uh, 80-20 Right. But, hold on a second, let's double check. And then the other one would be, um, I find, uh, I think Peter Thiel is, uh, is another person who's, who's very happy. Maybe Tim Ferriss, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems pretty, like, self-worthy. Yeah. Great. So you can work with their energy. You can pull that energy into you. You can invite them onto your spiritual advisory board. And, and you're doing that. You don't have to send them an email to invite them onto your spiritual advisory board. You're just asking that aspect of their energy that you like, right? That is self-worthy. Um, so, you know, if you like the self-worthiness of Tim Ferriss, but maybe you don't like all the experimenting he does on his own body, um, or, you know, you don't have to take all of him into your spiritual advisory bill. You can just say, look, the self-worthy part of him, I want on the board. 
Okay. I mean, one of the examples I gave in the the book is, you know, you might find Genghis Khan is a great role model. I don't know if he's a good role model for self-worth or not. I think he had yeah. a pretty good self-worth, but he also had a bit of a habit of massacring people and, <laughs> you know, doing all kinds of other stuff that you might not want on your spiritual advisory board, unless your legal marketing business is going to go into all out war on Mongolia. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've, I've been trying to quit on the genocide. It's just been a struggle. <laughs> there you go um okay so that gives you some material to work with on raising your self-worth because it definitely is related to to raising the minimum on your thermostat that you deserve to pay off your debt you deserve to have an easy way of paying your taxes Mm -hmm. so what number is your thermostat minimum at right now I feel like it's at 11. I mean, I, wow. I, haven't, I haven't done the, the spreadsheet, but I, that's, that's kind of where I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, going from 5 to 11 in, in 20 minutes is a pretty big jump. That's uh, really good. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's very specific, that number 11. So I think uh, mm-hmm. it's a really good sign. Yeah, no, I, think, yeah. I feel like it's at 11 right now. Okay. Well, we can either leave it at 11 and go on to the maximum or we can um, bump up the minimum some more. What, what do you want to do? I think I want to work on the maximum. Okay. Sounds good. So, and you can come back yourself and play around. What would it take to get my minimum from 11 to 12 or whatever? And it sounds like clearing the belief systems you have about you're supposed to work hard as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. to succeed or something. You, that would be good to clear out. Right. Um, so let's go to the maximum. You said your maximum's fifteen. Yeah. So uh, it, yeah, it's it's it's. I've always had a hard time breaking through that. Um, and I think it definitely needs to be more to get into those. I mean, it's a sort of a chicken and egg thing, I guess. But it's like I feel like to to do what I really want to do to like get up to that nine ten level of self like of, of satisfaction. Um, it needs to be a lot more than 15. Um, I always kind of, 20 wasn't really, you know, that wasn't like my, uh, you know, solve every problem that I want to have number. I mean, if I wanted to really do what I wanted to do, um, I would say ideally probably around 50, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably what I, I, what I, what I need, but it, it, it feels I'm, I'm, I'm flinching internally saying that, like, I, I think by, well, let's play time. around with with some different numbers. If you're okay doing that, yeah, some sure. of them may be realistic, some of them may sound unrealistic, but they're only numbers, and you can manifest any amount of money you care to. So, mm. you know, you're an infinite spiritual being with a human body, having this experience on this planet with this business that you decided to create. You know, yeah. not a business person who occasionally has spiritual experiences, right? <laughs> so. Um, Let's just look at some different numbers and see what comes up and then clear what comes up. So if you think about your maximum thermostat level being 20, what, how does that feel? It feels like, like, okay. Like just, just okay. But it's like, um, I feel like it's a number that hasn't really inspired me, I guess, which, uh, I feel like that might be related to the blockage. Yeah. So what would it take for a 20 K a month to be inspiring? I guess I would have to have 
it's it's like I feel like um like the goals of what I really like like that phase shift I was talking about earlier. I mean, it's like I don't see um intermediate steps where like that sort of money would make a difference. Um, but I haven't really explored them too deeply either. I, I'm sure that you know, um, you know, this this kind of might be related to the the core thing with the uh, with the expense side. But it's like you know, I feel like if I really wanted to go through and see. Uh, you know, what I could do with, you know, let's say if 11K is my baseline, what I could do with 9K a month, um, I feel like I could probably see like a lot of avenues to, to look into that if I, if I really wanted to. So you don't, you, you're, you're, what I think I heard you say is that if you had 20K a month, you're not clear how that would even make a difference in your life. At this that, point, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's like how it, it's represented, but I don't know if that's accurate. So it's a kind of apathy energy. I think so. Yeah. So let's just clear that. Let's just imagine that the apathy energy you see, let's see, visualize a copy of yourself in front of you. Okay. And then I'm seeing some, some fog of apathy around that copy of yourself that's to do with this apathy around just making 20K a month. Mm -hmm. And let's just pour a whole bunch of light. Let's zoom in into it to make it bigger. Like you do on a smartphone, you just zoom in and just... TLC the shit out of it. Yeah. Okay. From every direction, above, below, left, right, front, back, inside, outside, upside down, all the different dimensions, clear out the apathy and just let it waft away and let it dissolve like mist on a summer morning. And now how do you feel about earning 20K a month in the business? I definitely feel better, but I feel like this is going to be more work than it was with, uh, with raising the minimum. When you say it would be more work, what, tell me what you mean. More, more energy work or more actual work for Jan? More energy work. I don't so think let's it's clear. Far off, Everywhere though. you yeah. think it's going to take more energy work, let's just clear that out. What would it take for it to be done now? Let's just bring it forward in time from the future to now and have it be cleared in this moment. What percentage of that apathy is left out of 100%? I think it just went down from like 40 to 20. What would it take to get it to 15? I feel like the, the deep breathing is, is really helping. Deep breathing, keep connecting to the light. Let's just cut cords between you and this apathy energy where you've stayed attached to it. Okay. And heal where you're at the places in your body. How many places in your body do you let this apathy attach to you? Six. Where's the most prominent one that you notice right now? I feel like it's like kind of um, like around my shoulders and chest. Okay. This so, one right here. Yeah. yeah. So let's look inside the copy of you around your shoulders and chest. Let's pull out any psychic objects you've stashed in there. Let's cut any internal cords you have that are holding these beliefs in place. And let's just release those, that cord to this apathy energy and heal how you let it stay attached. through all your life and past lives and ancestor lines that had the same pattern there. 
And let's, what would it take to clear all the five remaining chords you have and heal them in one go? I think, I think, uh, I think those are healed. Yeah. Good. So now how much of this apathy energy is left around you? I think it might be gone. Perfect. How do you feel now about making 20K in your business? I feel, I feel more energized. Good. Yeah. So let's look at, let's look at 30 K. Yeah. How do you feel about making 30 K a month in the business? I mean, honestly, it feels, it feels pretty similar to 20 K. I feel mm -hmm. I just, um, There's, there's like a hint of a flinching when I think about reaching towards it. I don't know what it is, but it's, um, how does guess, that feel in your body? Um, I guess it feels like a bit of a, a bit of like a weight in my chest. Okay. Anything else in your body? Like it almost feels like, um, I guess it's like, you know, it's a, it's like, I almost feel like it's like, uh, like too good to be true, like a trap. Like if I were to move forward with it, it would, it wouldn't be good. Like it's, but not like, not like it's an obvious trap. Like it might be a trap. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like a piece of cheese under a box with a string, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, this might be too good to be true. Yeah. Okay. And what emotions do you notice? It's like, um, sometimes I felt excitement, but it's like excitement that uh, is the kind that's gotten me burned before. So I think you know what's coming up. I'm going to ask you to give the first number that comes into your head. That's the intuitive number before your ego comes in. What's the youngest age you felt the same way? Hint of flinching, weight in chest, too good to be true, trap, excitement that's gotten you burnt? The 14. Okay. Who was that with? I'm thinking about, uh, thinking about high school. Um, I can't think of like a, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I can't, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the situation, but it was just like, um, I'm for some reason, I'm really thinking about like, um, like my sophomore chemistry class. Uh, I think it was like some, I can't think of a specific situation. But I'm really thinking about like, um, like an older group of guys at, uh, at my high school. And like, I felt like I was, um, they were going to like let me into their group, but it was like, I wasn't, uh, yeah, I, I thought I was going to make a social coup, but it didn't play out. And I thought like, I was like, you know, but that's, uh, and I, I was, so I was taking people, um, attention for more than I was. So let's make sure you're still connected to the light here and now go up, go down, expand out. Okay. 
And let's send a bunch of light to this 14-year-old self. And to any other ages, you've repeated the same pattern. And any past lives, ancestor lines, and any other dimensions, you've held this pattern. And how much of this pattern is left percent-wise? I think it just, yeah, I think, I think it's gone. Great. That was fabulous. Yeah. So now, how, when, now when you think about how your business making 30K a month, how do you feel now? Uh, I feel like it's, it's kind of like, um, well, there's a difference. It's like, I feel like it's a, uh, it's like a game I can capitalize on. The only thing I can really think about is it's like in the competitive sense, like um, I'm do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it's like when, you know, when you have like a, you're about to execute on like a dominant maneuver and you know, it's going to happen. That's how I feel about it. Like a, wow. like a real option. Yeah. It's a really like aggressive, like dopamine testosterone hit. Cool. So let's go to the 50 K. When you think about making your business makes 50k every month, that would be 1.2 million a year. Wait. What do you notice? What do you feel about that? Um, Did I get the math right there? I might have screwed. I think the math it might have been that might have been 600k a year. Yeah, 600. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll get uh, to the one million a year in a moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of just, I, yeah, I, I don't feel like it's, uh, I feel like, I, I feel like there's a door shut to that. I don't feel like it's realistic. Okay. Tell, tell me more. You feel a door shut. Do you, what, yeah. what do you notice in your body? It's almost as if it's like, it's, it's like, it's like disconnected. Like in the same, it's like, you know, in the same way that I can feel kind of like the attachment to a, a path getting to 30k um it's just like yeah i feel like it's like you know it's it's like a screen door i, I don't feel like there's there's a place for me to attach to to that being realistic mm -hmm. okay so i want you to imagine that where you are currently to this potential goal of 50k a month of income and you draw a line between your current time and money place and this future time and money place. And the line is pretty solid and bright as you pass through 20 and 30 K, but somewhere before you get to 50 K, there's something happens mm. and you're not able to manifest to that point at this current juncture. What do you notice on that line? I guess it's sort of, I mean, if I had to visualize it, it's kind of like, uh, I feel like I have like a bright orange line that's going straight through 40K and then it kind of trickles down to like a thinner gray line. 
Maybe that bright orange line is your passion and joy in your business. Yeah. So maybe I put, yeah. I guess I might see something just like it becoming too cumbersome or complicated. Maybe I'm fearing the complexity that comes from it. So you're afraid that the business would get too cumbersome, too complicated? Yeah. I mean, if I had to rationally say how that, that would happen, it would probably, I think, I feel it's like, you know, 40K to me feels like the limit for like having like a flat hierarchy like I have now. Ah. Um, and why do you have to have a flat hierarchy in your business? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just always kind of was, was fearing management and stuff. And also, I guess like I don't really trust people to. I mean, at least at the at the fifty k level, like it's it's like the the jump would be tough to get like a you know professional manager at that point would be almost more than I'd be able to. Well, I guess it's tough because it's like you know if you're thinking about bringing someone on for fifty or hundred k, um, I don't know if I'd really be able to leverage a person like that. And you know what would that sign me up for in terms of how I well what would I need to do to justify a person like that. So you're not comfortable employing a top, an A-grade player to help with that manager? Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. And you're not comfortable in being able to hire someone like that? Yeah. And yet you can tell that other businesses at this level typically have someone like that or that's a solution to get to that level yeah no I, that, that definitely seems like the case i mean like i yeah i can i can rationally understand that like you know hiring good people is what takes businesses from you know 500 to a million plus um but yeah it's just like i can yeah while while knowing that it's like i just don't feel like i can i can really pull that off So what would it take for your business to pull that off? Let's take I, guess, I out of the equation, right? Yeah. What would it take your business to have an A-grade manager type person that would help you grow 50K and beyond? Well, I mean, there's kind of two parts to it. I feel like sort of the core is uh, I need to get a good sales process that doesn't have me as the limiting factor. Um, and at this point, uh, you know, that, that's tied to a more scalable marketing process to, to get the leads in. Because I've kind of seen this, um, you know, I feel like that the path for me, and this is something I've been contemplating for, I mean, probably close to a year now. It's like, you know, I need to have enough, um, business so that I can hire somebody to develop leads and even enough leads so that I can develop uh, to hire a salesperson. Once I can get that, I can, I can get myself out of that equation. But basically to be able to offset that churn, I would need something. I would need a, I would need sales hires that would be able to have, you know, offset churn to the point where um, this person can kind of get in and, and maximize that stuff. So you need a sales and marketing system and stuff that 
is way bigger than your churn rate. Yeah. And you probably also need something to reduce your churn yeah, rate. Yeah, for sure. Need a uh, system and people to reduce churn. Maybe you also need to change how you filter the customers in too, so that you only accept customers who will stay a long time. Right. Because I'm just going to guess when you're scrambling around for customers, you'll take anyone with a pulse. Well, I'm a little more selective in terms of the type of customer. Like you know, I, I did focus on legal recently. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that, that's the case. It's like, you know, I've been doing things like waiving setup fees, which is bad. Um, I'm, you know, I make my contracts very, well, I don't really do contracts. Like that's kind of the, I mean, I, I kind of position it as a benefit as far as, you know, oh yeah, don't worry about it. It's all month to month, but that, you know, attracts people that are only looking for that sometimes. And it's not, right. I mean, most times people don't take advantage of it, but that was one of the I stories mean, of the client. even... Had. Even shifting from month to month to saying it's month to month, but you have to give 15 days notice to cancel. So if you right. want to cancel the next month, you've got to tell me by the 15th of the current month. Mm -hmm. Even a change of that sort will make people stay longer. Right. And this comes back to the self-worth thing. Do you deserve to have clients who stay with you that pay setup fees that will stay a, certain, you know, a minimum amount of time? Well, I would say I feel like I deserve it, but the systems that I've developed, uh, I used to think that, but that's kind of one of the things that's been eroded since because it's like at first, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sure sure enough, uh, where where the, the recent loss of clients have gone is, is had me, you know, telling my account manager to take a break and me, you know, take mm -hmm. handling this myself. Right. So... What what would it take for your business to have all these systems and stuff in place? Um, I guess it kind of starts from it starts from from really locking down delivery for the clients that I have, and then um, I feel like I'm gonna I I have a lot of runway in terms of leads that I can work through right now. Um, I think once I get those. Uh, I clearly have to, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in this weird chicken and egg position where it's, it's, there's a, there's a, there's a point at which I can kind of, um, I can take myself out of it. I have to, I have to, but it's a hurdle. So I, I need to blast through that hurdle by myself, but as soon as I can get the space to do it, I need to really focus on more scalable marketing. I mean, I, I'm getting it would help for you to identify all these things. You just talked about a whole bunch of systems and people that would help you expand. Mm -hmm. I think it would help if you identify, if you kind of rank them, how, you know, how much they're going to cost and how much time they're going to take. So if you're using that Taylor Pearson, you know, 90 day planning method where he makes a spreadsheet of all the possible things he could do. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he kind of ranks them by like how much time and money and how much joy they're going to bring and whatever you want to rank them on. And then he picks off the easy ones first. Right. Or in his 90 day planning system, he just picks like, what are the top three things I want to do this quarter? But in this case, could you like rank all the different things you want to do to grow the business and then pick off the smallest chicken first? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And also, I think it would help you to make like a really good plan and have a vision of this. And whatever tools help you with visioning, a vision board of it, or a, you know, a letter from your future self, or you know, that explains how you got to this level of income. And I think that would make it a lot more substantial. And then you can, what would it take for any of them, right? What would it take to have this sales and marketing system? What would it take to have a good member of staff? And you may get inspired. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to create it yourself, right? You may meet someone else in the DC who already has a sales and marketing system. You could just tweak slightly and it would work for you. Right. Yeah. Or you might find a business partner who brings all that knowledge in or, you know, there's many ways it could happen. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of interesting. I have been working in a, like a sort of a joint venture with a friend of mine. And it's actually really cool because he's kind of in a, a better position to have money to invest in this. And this kind of, this came up over, and funny enough, the same time when I did below my thermostat. Uh, but it's, it's, I have to, it's, kind of, it's kind of a fun sandbox that I've been, uh, been using to, uh, to develop this. So I don't feel totally out in the, uh, I, I don't feel like totally dead in the water on this. I have like, I have kind of like, the next, uh, the next stepping stone looks like it's there for that. But um, I think definitely getting those sort of um, those vision and having more of a true north is something. Because, I mean, I've kind of just been going one foot in front of the other for a while. So I think getting that sure. would really help. Yeah, and going asking yourself the why question several times. Why do I want 50K a month? And then whatever answer you come back from that, why do you want that? And, right, mm, to get to yeah. a deep level of why. So we've got a few minutes left here. Um, let's, um, are you ready to clear your path to having more than a million dollars a year in income coming in? Yeah. So that would be, you know, above 100K a month. I mean, 100K a month would be the 1.2 million a year. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about 100K a month? In some ways, it seems easier than 50K, but... The thing Maybe comes, you should just leapfrog to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's kind of the thing. I mean, I've always kind of, um, sometimes I have trepidation about the business model that I'm pursuing. Like I've, I've kind of felt like, um, you know, I, I didn't want to be a, a legal lead generator when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of at some levels, uh, I, I think some of my hesitation stems from perceiving this as a stopgap and, and past a certain point, I feel like that could be sort of the diminishing returns. So it's like, you know, you have increasing complexity and maybe um, decreasing utility of the business where maybe if I get it to a certain income level, I kind of feel like it might be better to just use that to um, invest in more convex opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, I mean, I have some, so other you just don't, there. you just don't feel that into having a hundred K a month income business or well, not this business. I think that might be the case. Yeah. So what would it take for you to feel excited about having a hundred K a month legal lead generating business? I mean, the question to me really comes down to bandwidth. There's this strong perception to me that there's, um, if I had a hundred K a month business in this, it would, uh, it would be my whole life. And it would, it would take away from my ability to, to diversify. Um, but and I, I guess that's, that's sort of related to uh, my, my recent experience and, and having taken a step back. But um, I mean, I, I think there are, there are ways that I mean, people have run much larger businesses in, in a hands-off way. Um, mm -hmm. 
so that richard uh, richard 80 20 guy probably yeah. manages pretty good in that department 100 <laughs> percent, yeah because don't forget you've got multiple hats you're wearing as well as you wearing the, the salesperson hat and the marketing hat and the ceo hat and probably several other hats you also have an owner hat right mm-hmm. so maybe you just want to own a business that makes 100k a month and let other people wear the hats all those other hats yeah no that would be fabulous And earlier you said something about having a flat, moving beyond a flat hierarchy. I, I think there's a subtext there that when it's a flat hierarchy, maybe you get to control everything. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I always kind of thought about it as, I don't know. I feel like it, I, I've always kind of, um, bureaucracy is something that I kind of associate with multiple levels of hierarchy. And I, I do like to avoid that, but um, it could be that as well. I mean, I so would, yeah. you might want to think of some role models for people who own businesses that make a hundred K a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are some in the DC that you could contemplate and yeah. pick, pick ones who have a relaxed location, independent can travel as much as they want lifestyle and are happy with the business. And the business does positive things in the world has meaning for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to do some research on that. I can think of it. You know, it actually probably jumps to mind is um, the uh, there's somebody who does similar things to what I did. The name of the agency that's uh, Denver Marketing, and they, they did a podcast with the CEO that they hired. Yeah, he's over two million, I believe. I forget what he gave a talk, uh, you know, saying how well they were doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can definitely look him up. Um, he's a great guy, and he's given several talks at DCBKK. Um. And one of them had a very pretty picture showing how he broke through different income barrier levels. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that, that might be cool. So uh, uh, the other thing I think the, I just want to connect, check back that line you drew from your current place time to the future place time. Does it Mm -hmm. still go kind of from bright orange down to gray or how does it look now? I feel like it kind of just changes color, you know? Um, okay. Well, I the feel- other thing I was going to say you can do is you can just throw light into that line. You can TLC the, the line directly. Okay. We've been kind of working around it on a more rational basis. But if the goal line has gaps in it or it goes funny colors, you can just put a, a bunch of light into it where it's got the gap and fill it in. All right. I'll, yeah, I'll... I'll- Cool. So uh, are you okay ending the, the call at this point? Or? Yes, I think, um, well, I don't know what time <laughs> it is. Oh, geez. Yeah, I think we got it. <laughs> that yes. Fun. Well, yeah. thanks so much, Jen, for doing this. Um, do give us an update on how things shift in your business. Yeah, absolutely. And, we we'll have to. Yeah. Great. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah. I- Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?